Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. All right, today you're here on a special day, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in a moment, but I want to open up with Psalm 27, verses 11, verse 11. It says this, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand and watch in vain. Let's take a moment and let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come and to worship you. We thank you, God, that things are shifting in the world around us. And God, our desire in our heart, God, is just to see what's in your heart, Lord God, come to pass around us, Lord God. And so, Lord, we continue to pray, Father, that uh, you would break the back of coronavirus in every iteration that it has. And, Lord, that you would bring freedom and healing and wholeness, Lord Jesus. We thank you, God, that you are a healer. And today, Lord, as we come together, Father, with thankfulness and joy in our heart today, and as we uh, celebrate your faithfulness, I pray, Lord, uh, Lord, let all of us hear something that's just for us today. Be encouraged by what you're doing. And Lord, may we uh, just hear from you and your word today. I pray for the empowerment of your spirit, God, to share what's in your heart. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so today is like a, a, it's a special day for us in, as a, in the history of our church because three years ago, we started on this journey together. As a matter of fact, it was Sunday April the 15th, 2018. Some of y'all were here, and you're like, it was three years ago that we launched our building uh, capital campaign, Victory for Generations, and I cannot believe how quickly those three years have gone by. I can't believe how quickly 17 years has gone by since Elizabeth and I uh, moved our family here, and I am so thankful for that, that part of the journey too. And you know, that three years ago, without weird pressure or coercion, um, we made commitments as a church family. And um, those commitments flowed from a vision that the Lord had given us as a church family. And those commitments uh, came from an act of worship that was unto the Lord. It came from a prayerful place. And uh, back then in April, April 15, 2018, we asked folks to make a commitment card, not a covenant card, not a sign and blood card, not a, you know, give us your retinal scan and a thumbprint and sign a contract card, a commitment card of intention. And just so that we would have an idea of, of what was in people's hearts. And the commitments that year, that for the three years, came in at $315,780. Y'all, that's a lot of money. Amen? That's a lot of money. And uh, that's, that's a lot of time at the dollar store if you were going to go to the, I mean, you could, that's a lot of time. The next year, you know, because people come and go and, and that kind of thing, we kind of reiterated and said, hey, if people want to change their commitments, whether or not they need to adjust them down or up or new or anything like that. And we updated those commitments and uh, for the same period of time, 2018 to now. And the commitments came in at 321000 971. So that was kind of the commitment for the, for the thing. And, uh, and so here we are three years later, and it's like, so what happened, right? And we've been put it in the bulletin and things like that. Do you all know that in three years, actually it'll be three years on the 14th of April, just to be technical, right? But at three years, 
y'all, as a church family, we've given to the Lord and for the future building project $323,732. Isn't that awesome? All right, here we go. Elizabeth practically begged me to do that. It's like, I don't know how party poppers fit in sermons, but it was pretty fun. She also knows that I have an aversion towards um, glitter and things that, glitter in the house of the Lord, mm, I just don't think it's of the Lord, but this is a glitter-free popper. Y'all, I think it is an amazing thing that over three years um, that we have done that and with the spirit in which we have done it. And, you know, the capital campaign that worked so hard on this, and I know uh, from them, the, uh, the leadership of the church, like as a church, we just want to say thank you, everybody, for just your faithfulness and your commitment and believing in it. it it's, it's beyond numbers. There's a heart thing going on that's really special. And um, we're just so thankful for our giving unto the Lord. And, you know, we have um, a, a person who as a consultant that actually works with, ch- with churches and, and uh, helps them with like the spirit of it and how to do it in a way that doesn't feel slimy, that is vision-filled and heart-filled and those kind of things. And we were checking in with him, and he said that it is practically unheard of for a church to give what they planned on giving or to even exceed it by a little bit, that it's just a really phenomenal, let alone there be a global pandemic for year three. And, you know, I think we've got to give honor and glory where it's due, and that's to the Lord, uh, because he is good, and we are just so, you know, thankful for what he's doing. You know, the vision for all of this, um, we put it into the name, right? Victory for, for generations. This idea that we were preparing ourselves to build a larger facility that would serve all the generations that we have around us Praise God. We've had, had two more babies just born in the last couple months. I mean, babies everywhere, hallelujah. And we have people who are far from babies, right? People with great-grandchildren. Can I hear an amen? So we've been blessed with so many generations around us, and we're looking at the generations that will come behind us and the people who are going to come to know Jesus. And, you know, even right now, the, the building that we're meeting in was built by the previous generation. They finished it back in 2000, and, and, you know, they had us in mind when they built this building. And, y'all, it was an act of faith. Probably about 20 people who made it happen, lots of stories. And Pastor Joe, I think he lived on this property for a long time, just making this thing happen. And um, we are living in the vision that God gave them. Isn't that cool? And uh, I love it when I call uh, Marie, you know, we, uh, we, we uh, graduated Pastor Joe about a year ago, and he's in heaven now, and when I call uh, Pastor Marie and, and talk to her, and just the joy in her heart about you being in this place, and the, uh, what was in their heart. And, you know, I want to I say this morning that it's not, it's not really about the building, right? right? Like, it's really about people's lives being changed. It's about um, having a place where we, people can experience the presence of God and people can hear the word of God and where people's lives can be changed. And you don't have to have a building for that to happen, but we get to have a building. 
And that's where our attitude and spirit is with it. Um, you know, Jesus said, he said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And in this past week, I was kind of curious, and I thought, you know, Lord, even while we've been raising money for a building, one of the things that we've continued to do is like not miss a beat with any of the ministry things that we're doing and missions and things like that. So I got a little curious, and I'm like kind of, I like numbers. They just, I don't know, they make me feel warm inside. And I thought, I wonder in the same period of time, what have we done in the realm of outreach and missions locally, internationally, and things like that? And when I looked it up, it was well over $125,000 that we've put in outreach, missions, things like that, locally, internationally. And I thought, you know, Lord, I love that that number is that strong while we're focused on raising money for this. And over the years, we've only actually increased what we're doing in missions and in missionaries and things like that. And I thought, you know, that's where our heart is. Our heart is in the kingdom of God and what he's doing around the world, not just here, but we also do care about our community and what's going on here. And I just thought, Lord, that feels right. It feels good and that we haven't taken our eyes off the mission along the way. And um, simply put, you know, we just want people to be connected to that life-changing relationship with Jesus. Like that's what we're, he is the hero around this place. And we're just convinced that if people meet our Jesus, that he will change their life. And that together we can grow in our relationship with him. It's really not more complicated than that. And I like the simplicity of that. You know, when we started the process with Victory for Generations and the building fund and all that, we knew uh, from the start that the building was beyond our capacity financially. Sometimes that's how you know it's God too, right? <laughs> You're kind of like, well, if we could do this in our own strength, it might not be God. Well, we, we, um, we know that it's definitely beyond our financial capacity. So we, you know, we check that box. And, you know, to put that in a, a simple form, like the mortgage for what it would take to build the building is more than we would responsibly want to manage at this season of our, uh, as a church. Um, but having done everything that we can throughout this process, one of the things that's cool is we've done um, architectural work and we've done um, civil engineering work and planning, and that's given us only more information about cost and specifics and things like that. Um, one of the things we had done is we had a civil engineer do their work on this property and the, show us like land use and elevations, and this is what the, the civil plans look like, which if you like, you know, lines and topography and things like that, I can send you this in a PDF and you can stare at it all day. It's like, where does water go and all that kind of fascinating stuff. And I thought, Lord, thank you for civil engineers and thank you for not calling me to that. Uh, we also had a lot of work done from an architectural standpoint, like having detailed drawings done of where bathrooms go and uh, even to the point where we even have rough mechanical drawings and things like that. This is what the architectural plans look like. This is the pretty one without so many lines that you can't read it. Um, and it's exciting because what it does is that phase of building um, puts us in a place where this auditorium becomes children's church. And we have a, an auditorium with a couple hundred seats and then a couple more classrooms, general seat uh, area for multi-purpose and things like that, which it, it feels like the right next step for us 
in our growth as a church at the right time. And like I said, drawing these plans were really helpful because it helped us to narrow down. So what is the cost of, that, of the building kind of all in? And we estimate that that, that building cost is around $2.8 million, which means that we've raised a little over 10% of that over the last three years, which is pretty exciting. Um, and so we are, if you will, we're positioned in a great place. And the, way, the reason I say that is because we have plans to move forward. Um, we have money that we've raised with a good spirit, with a right spirit that continues to grow. And, um, you know, our formal three-year capital campaign victory for generations is complete. And really, it's a huge win. Um, and our plan is when it comes to, so we're not ready to, to do to put a shovel in the ground yet, right? So our plan is, you know, when we'll do another formal campaign is when we have a better idea of the timing. Because what we're not looking to do is have the eternal capital campaign. <laughs> However, you know, a lot of folks, a lot of us will continue to give to the building fund and things like that. But like the formal thing and all of that, we, we want to call a win a win and say, you know, we've done our three years and we've made our commitments. And I think it's a great win for us as a community, a great win for us as a church. And we're, we're positioning for the generations to come. And, um, and now we're in a place where we're like, okay, Lord, when? How soon is when? And I know some people are like, man, Pastor Mike, let's put a shovel in the ground tomorrow. And um, I'll talk more about how we'll make that decision and when um, in a little in a moment. But again, I, I just want to say um, thank you from the board and the leadership of the church and things like that. Thank you for believing in the vision. Thank you for um, giving to the Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness. And I also want to say um, a big thank you to our capital campaign team. Um, and those folks are Jeremy Parker and uh, Mike Harris and Linda Hall and Elizabeth Hennigan and myself, we spent so much time planning this uh, the first few months of April. And we spent a lot of time planning it because we wanted it to be right. We wanted the spirit to be right. We wanted it to be thoughtful. We wanted it to be transparent. We, anybody go to a pie meeting? Does anybody remember the pie meetings? We have the pastor information exchanges. People come in. You can ask any question you want. We tell you what we know, tell you what we don't know. You know, just wanting the, the spirit of it and for it to be an us thing. Um, and the work that they put in that is just, was just awesome. And they're all, we're all looking at each other going, I cannot believe that it's been three years. Would you all give them a hand and thank them for their hard work? And so let me tell you where we are right now. Right now, we're at this place where we're saying, okay, Lord, we're going to wait on you for the right time, right? And so our board of directors, um, they're con consistently, prayerfully watching the finances of the church and the growth of the church and things like that. And, and Victory's been a, a growing church for years now. Um, COVID has hurt our physical numbers, but it's been amazing how strong we have been as a body, both physically here and online throughout it. And, you know, we're just waiting on the Lord prayerfully for when he says go and when he says start, you know. And one of the things that I keep praying is, God, may we have the faith and obedience for the moment that you say go. You know, because it's not all about numbers. 
but we're very practical people and we look at the numbers, right? And we're prayerful about it. And so we're at that place where just like, I just keep praying, God, when it's time to go, may we all be in unity and may we all be in a place where we're like, yes, that's what God is saying. And I love this verse, Psalm 127, 11, where it says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders build in vain. What's cool is in that verse, you've got both the builders and the Lord. We're the builders, but he's the builder as well, right? He's the master builder. And there's this tension of we obey and we follow along with the Lord, but if he's not leading the charge and if it's, we want his timing and his hand on it, him to be glorified. And so we're in that place. We're like, okay, God, you show us when. And our, our heart is to follow that leading of the Holy Spirit, which means that, you know, we want to be patient, but also be ready. Doesn't that, aren't those things that you just love practicing? Being patient and then being ready to be obedient. That's why it's a relationship with God, right? And that's why it's a journey trying to figure those kind of things out. I want to share with you a scripture that I have been thinking about all week. Elizabeth and I went hiking uh, earlier this week, and I kept talking to her about this scripture. It's been in my heart all week, and I want to connect it to where we are uh, as a church family, with the building project, with all those kind of things. And it's in John chapter 21, verses 1 through 6. And it says this, Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also called Didymus, Nathaniel from Canaan in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and the other two disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we will go with you. So they went out and got in the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning... Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul in the net because of the large number of fish. So much going on here in this scripture. In John chapter 21, we are post-resurrection of Jesus. But I want to rewind a little bit before we jump into the scripture. In Luke chapter 5, there's a very similar story that happened about three years previous to this, and it's right when Jesus is starting his ministry. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus uh, gets into Peter's boat to do some teaching. There's two boats there, and there's a crowd there, and Jesus decides to have Peter push him out in the boat so that Jesus can use the water to basically amplify his voice and talk to this group of people, right? And so he does that, and when he comes back in, Peter, uh, Jesus says to Peter, listen, um, launch out into the deep to get some fish. And Peter, he, previous to Jesus coming, he had been cleaning his nets. He had been out all night. Sound familiar? like what we just read in John chapter 21. Jesus had been, or Peter had been out all night fishing, hadn't caught a thing. But after listening to Jesus teach and, and, and being with him, he was like, you know what? I'm going to launch out into the deep and I'm going to put my net down. And so he cast the net. And it says that the, that the fish that got in that net was so great, they had to call the other boat out to help them haul it in. It was such a great catch. And then some of y'all know where I'm headed with this. Jesus says to them, I'm going to make you fishers of men. 
Now, there's this interesting connection, right? Because Peter was doing his living, his livelihood of fishing at that moment. And basically, Jesus put a lot of money right into his net with those fish, right? But he says, listen, I'm going to call you to fish for men, right? Well, in John chapter 21, it's a really interesting time for the disciples. They had watched Jesus get crucified. Now, they were not anticipating that. And it was really hard for them to watch Jesus die. And now he's resurrected, and they're just so thankful that he's resurrected. But you can imagine, after following him for three years, this is not how they were thinking things were going to go. They didn't think he was going to die on the cross and then raise it again. And they didn't, didn't think that he was just going to be with them for a few more days, and then he was going to go up to heaven. And now the, the weight of the, the ministry and the calling and to reach people like was going to fall upon them. Like All of this is going to rest upon them. So that's the context of Jesus' walking walking up to the shore. They had been fishing all night long, hadn't caught a thing, and he just calls out, throw your net on the other side. They throw the net on the other side, and this miraculous catch of fish comes in and they go, it's Jesus. And Peter bolts for Jesus, and he is he gets, gets there and interacts with Jesus, and in this whole context, there's so much more going on. They're going to have breakfast, and Jesus is going to say, do you love me, Peter? And he's going to ask him three times, which is the same number of times that Peter had just denied him before the cross. And it's this work of restoration. He's calling the team back. He's calling them back after this weird season of, of what is going on over these last few days. He's calling them back in, to their original mission. And he gives them this miraculous catch. Underlying in both of these stories is that God can make you fruitful in a moment. Sometimes you go through seasons where you're not feeling very fruitful. Maybe it feels like you have fished all night and there's no fish in your net. But the Lord says, launch out into the deep. Or the Lord says, cast your net on the other side. In a moment... He fills the net. Now, there's like this, this both and, right, of the natural and the spiritual picture that's going on. What's really important in this story is that in both stories, the disciples obey. Whether it was launch out or cast your net on the other side, they obeyed. It applies to our jobs and our professions. You can go through a period where you feel like you've been fishing all night and all of a sudden the Lord says, I want you to launch out in the deep. And you're like, but Lord, I've been travailing and working and pushing and that kind of thing. He says, launch out in the deep. And you go, you know what, Lord? Because you're saying it, I'm going to launch out in the deep. It, It applies to our mission as a church when it comes to the fruitfulness of people hearing the gospel and receiving Jesus and and, and seeing people come into that eternal relationship with Christ and their lives changed forever. It applies to our building project. You know, the when will God say launch out into the deep and when will he say cast the net? And, you know, when will he say put a shovel in the ground? And, you know, I don't know, um, but I feel it's so important for us to live ready and ready to be obedient. And can I, I say this humbly, not arrogantly? I really feel like we've passed the first test as a church family. 
I feel like that first launch out into the deep, we passed the test in the sense that we, we, um, we said, we believe God wants us to build and we're going to make plans and we're going to launch out into the deep and, and, we're gonna, and we've done more than what our, maybe our capacity could have been at the moment. And now the question is, when will the next time be to cast our net and that kind of thing? And that's the kind of thing that we're waiting on from the Lord. And it, I don't think we can discount the, how much the fact that we have over the last year walked through something in the world that is crazy. And yet here we are as a church in a strong position, not because we're amazing, but because he's amazing and we're faithful to him. And what he has in his heart is generations of people who will come to know Jesus. You know, that one person who comes on a Sunday and they they feel the presence of God and they hear the word of God and they give their life to Jesus and then they, they bring their mom or they bring their sibling or they bring that and whole families, whole generations of people can be transformed because they came into a place where they could meet with God and they came to a people that represented the love of Jesus to them and were willing to build a friendship with them and relate to them and say, I'm on this journey too, let's do this together. Like the simplicity and the elegance, it's really not complicated. But following after that leading of the Lord and his presence and what he's saying. Again, I love Psalm 127, 11. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders build in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand and watch in vain. I, I think we have something to be so proud of, not arrogant of, but so proud of. And now we're in a place where like, God's got a house to build in his heart. And again, it's about the people he wants to put in the house and what he wants them to experience. It's not about the, the sticks and the drywall. Because we don't have to have buildings. We get to have buildings. It's a totally different perspective, right? And so I, I want to close today by, by praying. I want to pray a few things. One of them is pretty bold. I want to pray that God would multiply our seed. Because y'all have been faithful. As a church family, you've been faithful. And, you know, if you're evaluating yourself, well, I didn't quite do what I wanted to do and those kind of things, there's a we in here. And we have been faithful. And I want to pray, God, multiply what we have put before you for this purpose. Do something miraculous to where, wouldn't it be amazing? These are the what ifs if we could pay for buildings cash? Wouldn't it be amazing if we wouldn't have to hold back, but we could do everything that was in our heart to do? Wouldn't it be amazing? Wouldn't it be amazing? And, you know, the Lord will, will provide and determine and all of that kind of stuff. But let's pray, God, multiply the seed because it's really for him and for his kingdom, amen? Let's pray that we will continue to walk in obedience and unity. I tell you, you can't put a price on unity. When we dwell in unity before the Lord, God commands a blessing. And I, I think that's something that we want to we maintain. We want to treasure. We want to protect it. And let's be ready.
Amen? Let's take a moment, and I, I just want to close this morning by praying, okay? Father, we love you, and we worship you today. And today, God, while we celebrate, we give you the honor and the glory. And we just say, God, you're faithful and you're good. And Lord, we take all of these gifts that have been given, and God, we present them to you as an act of worship. Your house, your vision, people you have in your heart to save and transform. And God, we put it before you and we say, Lord, multiply the seed that has been put before you. Multiply it for your kingdom. And Lord, I pray, God, would you uh, continually grant us a humble spirit, a spirit that is unified with one another where, God, we can, um, we can move together as a church family, Lord God. Father, speak to the leadership of this house on timing. And may we have an attitude of faith and obedience, Lord, that when you say it's time to enter into the land, when you say it's time to put a shovel in the ground, God, that there will be a a sense of, yes, this is of the Lord, and God will move when you say move. God, we thank you, God, for calling us to things that are greater than us, Lord Jesus. And we just say, God, multiply what you're doing, and may we be faithful to you. Lord, I thank you, God, for every gift, Lord, that's been given. Father, I thank you, Father, for the spirit in which it has been given. And I pray, God, that your blessing over folks as they've given, not just building funds, but God, ties and offerings to you, God. You have a faithful people, a generous people, and Lord, I thank you for it. May we, God, please you with the attitude of our heart, and may our treasures truly be with you in heaven. We glorify you, and we thank you for all that you put in our hands. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.